Hey, it's Madison, the Black Eagle, and here's a highlight from today's show. That photograph was taken just before the German invasion of the Soviet Union in 1941. It shows Clara Berman <gasps> with her Ukrainian husband, Anatoly, and their two young children, Vladimir, born in 1940, and Ludmila, born in 1938. Oh, my God. Do you ever hear any of these people? Never. Well, upon the German invasion of the Soviet Union, Clara's husband, Anatoly, was activated for military duty. And before he reported, he took Clara and the children to stay with his mother in one of the ethnically Ukrainian villages outside of Kiev. No one but Anatoly's mother knew that Clara was Jewish. Well, guess what happened? When the German army reached the village, her mother-in-law gave her and the children up. Oh, you! Oh, she told on them. She narked on their Jewishness. Yeah. Wow. 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 Hey, whoa, man. And I got to tell you, Professor Gates, one of my favorite um, uh, pastimes uh, is watching um, different history channels, and I've been focused on uh, the the Nazis' uh, invasion into Russia and 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 the and the genocide. Uh, and when I just heard this clip, and that first my first reaction was, "Wow, they gave gave up," you know, and you know, so like what happened with Anne Frank. I saw a clip where, you know, somebody turned in Anne Frank and her family. Wow. I mean, that, now I got to tell you, that is, um, that's a hell of a thing to discover in your, <laughs> in your roots. Thank you for coming on again. That's, that's so oh, talk to me about is, that. Whoa. Oh, it is a horrible, horrible oh. story. And tonight's episode, we have actress Pamela Adlon and Catherine Hahn, both of whom discover scandals hidden within their roots, and then they celebrate the virtues of accepting one's family members, whoever they may be. But this story on Pamela Adlon's um, father's uh, side of her family tree is just one of the worst, Joe, that we've ever uncovered. Um, this man's, Anatoly's mother, as you just heard, turned Clara and her daughters, her own oh. and Clara's daughter, this woman's grandchildren, over to the Nazis, Joe, and the end of the story is the Nazis murdered them, man. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, along with roughly 33,000 other Jewish people yeah. in a ravine outside of Kiev in September 1941. I've mm-hmm. seen, I've seen, Professor Gates, I've seen the video, the, uh, the film, that the Nazis that the Nazis actually took and literally had uh, a, a people marching into the ravine over the dead bodies and, and yes. shooting them. And, and they kept and just kept adding to that. Uh, wow. The, the, the Nazis just, I mean, in every possible way, they could humiliate, terrify, terrorize and torture and then murder Jewish people people they did it was just sick and it's a lesson for all of us a lesson for all of us about the horrors in our case of white supremacy nazism 
is just another form of crazy white supremacy, Aryan supremacy, they called it back in the day. And this is a cautionary tale. This is what we're fighting. This is where we are fighting these forms of hatred, which have deep roots in Western civilization and in our own country. It, it was uh, she was moved to tears uh, oh, by yeah. this by wow. this story. And she came to us with a mystery that you will be. You know, we weren't looking for this story. We were searching for the answer to another question, one that you, Joe Madison, will be deeply sympathetic with. She reached out to me and said that her mother, Marina Lease, believed that the man she grew up thinking to be her biological father was not actually her biological father. And her mother is still alive. So we agreed that we would embark on the search. And I'll tell you about her mother, Marina. Marina's English. She was born in Birkenhead, England in 1935, about the same time the Nazis are rounding up Jewish people, you know, in, in Europe. And she was raised by a couple named Leonard and Phyllis Lease. And they were married. Um, and uh, but, but Marina always suspects, she was told, that she may actually have been the product of an affair between her mother, Phyllis, and an unknown man. So we had to see, A, if this rumor was true, and then, B, try to find the unknown man, the man that her mother had the affair with. So DNA, Joe, DNA was the only way to solve this. DNA revealed that Marina shared no common relatives with Leonard Lease. So he was definitely not her not biological the father, father. Not the biological father, right. But who was? Yes. So we spent five years solving this mystery, more time than we have ever spent on any guest before. Because, as you know, you have to find somebody that you connect with in the database. And the only way that happens is if somebody, anonymous person somewhere, spits in a test tube and mails it back to one of the DNA companies we use. So she kept, she was so frustrated. She would write to me, Skip, you know, this, I know you can't do this. Just send me my DNA back. <laughs> and I said, okay. you got to believe, you got to believe. And I was thinking, oh, my God, I wonder if I ever saw this mystery. Right. And then finally, C.C. Moore called me and said, bingo. Uh, someone had entered the database. And C.C. then determined that Marina's biological grandparents were a couple named Benjamin and Rose Walter, who lived in Birkenhead, England in the early 1900s meaning one of the couple's sons was, in fact, Marina's father. But the problem, Joe, was the couple had five sons. So we ultimately focused on one of the sons named Joseph Walthu, who had a daughter named Gloria, who was born around the same time as Marina was born. And we tracked Gloria down. She was alive. She is alive. She's living in upstate New York. We didn't tell her why we needed her DNA because we right. – protect people's confidentiality. But right. she agreed. She go, what the hell? I'll take the test. And it turns out that Marina and Gloria share 25% of their total DNA. And you know what that means? Based on this amount of shared DNA, Gloria is Marina's half-sister. So Pamela's biological grandfather was Gloria's father, Joseph Walthu. And so Pamela wondered how her grandparents could have met. How did they have this affair? Well, we can't be certain, but Joseph worked as a bus driver, Joe, in Birkenhead, and he also made deliveries for the post office. So jobs that could have easily put him in contact with Pamela's grandmother, 
Phillips, yeah, you know, yeah, that old yeah. film, the, the Postman Rings Twice. <laughs> yeah, I thought about that, you know. But you, but so you we, never know. I mean, and, but did, now let me ask you, did you, the mother is still alive. Did you, how, did she find out? Did I mean, did you interact with her? Yes. So the mother um, was, uh, the, the mother knows the whole story. She is relieved and delighted. Uh, she to have the mystery solved, and she's planning a reunion huh. with her new, uh, newfound half sister, Gloria. Isn't that amazing? It is. And I you, mean, it, and it you really know about is. this. You know the power of these reunions. Oh, I, I, oh man! I, I mean, it, it, and, and you find out, you find out so, you find out so much. You know, you find, and and it there's and there's a. And people may, I mean, some people are very negative about it. But then what I found out, at least in my situation, there was a relief. Mm -hmm. You know, everybody was like, wow. And and, and no no animosity. And, you know, I I don't know if that's that's usual or unusual, but I know it, I, I, I sense with, in this, in this segment, there was no animosity. That's what you really are saying no. to us. No, man. Imagine that you've been tortured by this mystery. Well, who's my daddy? You know, I mean, what's more basic um, existential question can you confront than who's my daddy? So every day with part of her mind, she's wondering, well, who's my father? And now she knows. Now she knows, and and now she um, has a new sister, and they are going to hook up as soon as this episode airs, and she'll be Mm -hmm. able to look at uh, her sister, hear stories about her father. You know, it's great. Yeah, yeah. Now, what about what about uh, the second (laughs) uh, the second story? This was oh my god, this is a good one. This is a good one. But I got to tell you first, the DNA cousin, Pamela Adlon's DNA. Cousin is Meryl Streep. <laughs> That's <laughs> <laughs> these cousins have got to get together. I mean, really, I, I you know, that that that's the I just hope you know they really this, that's what I find fascinating. Uh, now you can't get together with Charlemagne the, you know, the king, but, but <laughs> Charlemagne. But, would look at you, and he'd die all over again. No <laughs> lie. <laughs> he'd say, you got the wrong DNA, my brother. No, that, when, when, where did this happen? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, and man. She, her, and uh, Pamela's admixture, she's 50% uh-huh. Ashkenazi Jewish, yeah. 18% English, which makes sense, so 16% Ireland, 8% Wales. So all that DNA is mixing up in the United yeah. Kingdom. So 18 and 16 is 34, yeah. and another 8, that's 42%. And 6% Scottish, so you're up to 48%. So basically, she's 50% European and 50, yeah. um, 50 and 48% um, um, British. So that's the DNA match. It's a paper trail. Now, yeah. on Catherine Hahn's family tree, right. they have a long family story um, about their original immigrant ancestors, and it's a story, it turns out, that was, like most family stories, completely fabricated. Now, according to Catherine's <laughs> relatives, her third great-grandfather, that's her great-great-grandfather, whose name was Wilhelm Lunenschloss. And he, as you could tell by the name, immigrated to America from Germany because he created a scandal 
by marrying a young French girl, quote unquote, named Elizabeth Tarnes. But the, that was a family story. So the truth was much more sordid. We found Wilhelm in the archives of Cologne, Germany, and in 1840, he married a German woman named Katharina. In 1853, he was running a bakery. He owned the bakery. He had six children with Katharina. All the children, Joe, were under 11 years old. And then something happened, and his life changed dramatically. By 1860, he's living in Wisconsin. And he's living with another woman, a woman named Elizabeth now, now, Tardes. Now, did you say 1860, or did you mean 1960? No, 1860, the oh, year this is before a, okay, go, the go Civil ahead. War right. broke out. Oh, okay. okay. And so all of a sudden, remember, in 1853, he's running a bakery in Cologne, Germany. He has six children with a woman named Katerina. Seven years later, according to the American federal census, he's in Wisconsin. Ain't no Katerina around. He's got a new wife named Elizabeth, and they have three young children, all the children born in America. So they weren't any of those six children back in Germany. It turns out, Joe, that Wilhelm, Wilhelm ran off with Elizabeth, leaving his German family completely behind. So then we wanted to find who, this, who was this Elizabeth and how did they meet? Well, contrary to Catherine's family story, Elizabeth was not French. The city directory for Cologne real, um, reveals that Elizabeth was the daughter of Wilhelm's neighbor. She lived just a few doors down from his bakery, and she was 17 years old when she left Germany with him, left that family behind, and came to the United States. Then, So we wanted to see... How did this affect his first wife, Katharina? See, I, w- I would want to know. I would want to know who wrote this down. But go ahead. <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> well, go we ahead. wrote it down. We pieced uh, yeah. it together like Sherlock Holmes, baby. Yeah, man. And go ahead. So wow. Wilhelm's first wife, Katharina, the woman that he scorned and abandoned, died in Germany in 1892. And according to his daughter, Margareta, who reported his death, they said. They did not have any idea what happened to their father, Wilhelm. They had no idea where he was. They list um, whereabouts unknown, quote, unquote. So he just split, man, and he never had contact with the family. Wilhelm died in 1900 in Ithaca, Wisconsin, mm-hmm. leaving behind Elizabeth and, and their four children now and a very prosperous farm. And I looked at I looked at Catherine, and she said, "What a freaking story!" <laughs> well, this, but then, now, did did they? So, how did they? Did they ever? Con, did the did the two families, uh, the children, ever connect? No, they didn't know any. Those poor people in Germany had no idea where this brother went, um, what had happened to him, that he had another family. They just report whereabouts unknown like missing in action so the, the first time that, is, that they ever made was with with you and finding your roots yeah. no, that's right descendants of in germany are going to be watching this show and they're going to say oh my god that is my great 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 grandfather <laughs> and and so maybe they'll have maybe they'll have um 
oh, a, a yeah. new family reunion. Yeah, because but you know what? You know what? I'm also thinking, Professor Gates. I got to tell you, Skip. Let me tell you. And again, that you know, you always get folk who always talk about black folk, baby mama, and folks. You know, uh, not taking care of their families. You know, th- these folks ought to cut that out. And then here you saying, I mean, really, when you think about it, this that that kind of attitude and and position that tra- you know that transcends race. Oh I man, mean, it really you know does. what black people call sneaking and creeping? Well, guess what? Sneaking and creeping has been going on since the Garden of Eden, baby. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, really, and and you know, this, this, I just, as you were talking, I'm going. These folks got some nerve, these social commentators. Well, you black folk ought to be ashamed and this and that and men and <laughs> and that kind of thing. Like you said, this yeah. has been going on since the Garden of Eden. Whoa. It's human. And the man, look, and only God can judge you, right? I mean, yes. I'm not judging these right, people. Right, That's one right. of the things we do. We just report the facts. It's like Dick Trace. You remember, remember Dick Trace? Just the facts, man. Just the facts. <laughs> so we don't that, judge that, that was Dragnet. That, oh, that was Jack Webb. You're right. That was Jack Webb. That was Dragnet. Jack you know, Webb. Just the fact. Yeah. You're right. But he had that yeah. deadpan look. I could see him in that old black and white thing. Just the fact. Yeah, just exactly. <laughs> Thank you. Now, let Thank me let me do this. Um, I got oh, to I do I have tell to you about the D- No, I got to uh, tell you about the DNA cousin. Oh, okay. Heavy. Yes. Yeah. Catherine Hans DNA cousin is our beloved Regina King. Can you believe that? And now we're all, I want to say, I'm going to send uh, my sympathy out to Regina. Uh, Yeah, she lost her her, son. The death of her son, that is the parents' worst nightmare. And I'm so sorry. Regina um, and Damon Lindelof are featured in a subsequent episode that you and I will be talking about in a a few weeks. um, Because she was the star of Watchmen and Damon created yeah. Watchmen. He's the same dude who created uh, Lost, which we all watched. Yeah. But it turns yeah. out, because Regina is admixed like all black people are, all black people who have ever been tested, all black Americans, have some percentage of white ancestry. And mm-hmm. it's through Regina's white ancestry on the English side that um, she is connected to Catherine Hahn. And Catherine is 40% English, 26% Irish, 22% German, 10% Norwegian, and 2% Scottish. So once again, the DNA adds up um, to the paper trail, confirming the story. And, and before we wrap, I just want to say on behalf of the African-American people, that you I've read that you um, ceased your hunger strike, and you did it in the right way and at the right time. And the fact that you took this on first and all by yourself, is something that all black people I've met, I meet all these black people, as you know, and everybody was talking about it. And they say, you know, Joe Madison? I go, yeah, the black eagle, he's my man. They said, well, the black eagle lose weight. <laughs> and I said, what are you talking about? They go, he's on a hunger strike. That's how I first heard about it. And then um, you and I have talked about it, and I just want you to know how much I admire you. Your stand, John Lewis is looking down and he's proud of you, man. He's proud of you, you know. And these these uh, people in the Congress did not do the right thing. But we can't stop fighting. We can't stop fighting because 
our freedom is inextricably intertwined with the right of our people to vote. And that, as you know, is how they killed black power during Reconstruction. That's, and that's how they're trying to kill black power today. You, and, I, you know, and I say that, let me tell you, when I, the first thing I did, I've always been taught this. Before I've used as a foundation history. Mm-hmm. And I went to your book, Stony the Road. Because mm-hmm. my my sense was, what of current events was, we've seen this before, and when you wrote and taught us about how that how the the, the you know uh, uh, Rutherford B Hayes t- uh, compromise and the first mm-hmm. thing they went after was the franchise, the vote, the franchise, and that's and, right. and I and and that's what I I started telling reporters. Before you find you go to let's not go so far in advance. Let's go back to the late 1800s and and I mm-hmm. and I and I give and I said, look, Skip Gates writes about this, and they use terrorism, it, much mm-hmm. the same way we're watching it repeat itself. So I say to you, Professor Gates, thank you in what you're saying, but you are the genesis of me asking myself. What, you know, it might, the genesis, when, some, when a future Professor Gates writes the history, I don't want my child and my children to ask, well, what did I do about it? What did Pop-Pop do about it? Because, right. um, I, I, and, and so you're the genesis uh, of this. Um, oh, and, man. And, oh, it, Joe, that's... No, I mean, know, I, mean that, I mean that seriously. I, every time, well, I got to tell you, every and, time I have you on. I, I always tell folks, I, I think I owe tuition. <laughs> I mean, I should be paying tuition. But let me let me well, share this, be, uh, if you don't mind. I have one last thing. Sure. The current event. Tucker Carlson um, said that uh, Democrats, and I assume he's, he's thinking about black folks in general, that we teach our children to to be superior. Um, and, and Tucker Carlson uh, said that, that, that Dems support teaching children that minorities are superior. You teach children. My parents never taught me, my grandparents never taught me that I was superior. Your response to Tucker Carlson? That never, and I'm 71 years old. I know a whole lot of black people. <laughs> I have never met one or in my own life. Um, ever experienced anybody saying that black people were superior to white people or any other period. In fact, the way I was raised, we were told you got to work hard in school because of white racism. So you got to be 10 times work, 10 times harder than the white kids in order for them to give you your due in order for you to succeed. But that's not saying that we're superior. In fact, it's saying they think we're inferior. And so we have a mountain to climb. When you walk into a room with a black face, in some part of many white people's minds, they see us as inferior beings. That is just uh, inbred in the fabric of Western culture. That is the nature of racism. They created this myth that Africans were not fully human beings, that God, we were stupid, so God meant us to be slaves, and then maybe in a thousand years <laughs> we'd, be, we'd, be, we'd be able uh, 
to be equal, be able to be free and be citizen. Look, without the Civil War, some people argue we'd still be enslaved. So, so um, no, Tucker Carlson is absolutely wrong. I have never heard that in my um, entire That's life. And by the way, thing, I yeah. wanted to say I wanted to say one thing. Um, thank you for your kind words about um, my work um, on Reconstruction, but I stand on the shoulders of three historians specifically. John Ho Franklin, who wrote a brilliant book about Reconstruction, Eric Foner, the great historian at Columbia, who was my lead consultant for our PBS series on Reconstruction, which I hope everybody uh, will watch. But the book I'm holding in my hand, and which I'll be uh, teaching from, in my, when I teach my graduate seminar here at Harvard from 12 o'clock today till two, is Black Reconstruction in America by the great W.E.B. Du Bois, published in 1935. And because, Joe, um, not only did they take away our vote, as Brian Stevenson said in a, a Vox interview in 2007, what they did, they took away our story. They imposed on black achievements in Reconstruction, a racist story saying that we were venal, we were incompetent, we stole all we wanted to do. All our black legislators say in South, South Carolina in 1868 elected a majority black legislature, a black Speaker of the House, a black um, Secretary of the Treasury, etc. They said all they wanted to do was drink whiskey, eat fried chicken, and pass laws saying they could marry white women. And that's the heart of the most racist film ever made, Birth of a Nation. People think Birth of a Nation is about the Civil War. It's not. It's about Reconstruction. They created this racist narrative saying that we never should have been given the vote because we were incompetent and carpetbaggers uh, bribed us, uh, bribed, bribed our ancestors, which is total rubbish. And Black Reconstruction in America, published in 1935, took on all of that racist mythology and blew it up, deconstructed it. And Eric Foner and I have just published a new annotated edition of Black Reconstruction in America, published by the Library of America. And I would encourage everybody to get this book because the last chapter, Joe, is called The Propaganda of History. And it shows how even scholars can, you, can weave their racism into what ostensibly is supposed yeah. to be neutral, objective accounting, recounting of facts, when in yeah. fact it's racist ideology and racist propaganda. I, and, and you... I would love to do a session with you and Eric Foner. He would agree. We will do um, it. Can, hey, anything yeah, you want, you. I only have 10 seconds. Hey, Professor Gates, Skip, consider it done. Great. God bless you. You got, you got it. I love you, man. Tell Sherry hi. I will, and, You're, and, and we'll talk next week. You're my, Tonight. You're my hero, baby. Take care. <laughs> Tonight, finding your roots. You can listen to yours truly, Madison, the Black Eagle, live every Monday through Friday on Sirius XM Urban View Channel 126 or anytime on the Sirius XM app.